0: for peace. So just lay your weapons down
1: Awake, right? We're ready to go. So uh, it is good to be in God's house this morning as we're filing in and getting ready to go. We want to make sure that we're here on purpose. And I have a couple things I wanted to share by way of a welcome and a, a brief prayer. And that is this one is that yesterday was the celebration of life. And I'm, I'm very cautious on when I use that term anymore. We want to make sure it's a true celebration of life because and your life's given over to the Lord, you not only have it now, right now, it's not for someday, but you also have it for someday. And that's a celebration. So Charles Jones' celebration of life was yesterday, and we're still uh, kind of uh, uh, beaming and glowing from that. And at the same time, we're a little still saddened. So you'll see some flower arrangements here left uh, by way of the family. And I want to read this card from the family as well. says our family truly appreciate all of the love and support you all have given my uncle charles thank you for giving us all the the love and support during his uh, passing and this is from uh the charles well his family extended family and i was able to officiate yesterday and i didn't uh just wasn't planned but i had realized that we had uh, two families were fused together yesterday his family biological family And his church family. And watching that happen was very special for me. So um, it was great to be able. In fact, I think we have some extra um, uh, memorial uh, cards at the back. Uh, Feel free to take one. And I also wanted to uh, uh, be reminded that in all the times we come and there's happiness, there's joy in our life. We do have joy, right? That didn't sound like it but uh we do have joy right and uh but we also are people of prayer we need to be mindful and please keep uh goshen township in your mind um we hear of tragedies that happen natural disasters and uh this one kind of is clo- very close to home i know for me personally uh, my family is very involved in the fire department there so i've kind of left them alone i know they're extremely busy but be in prayer for Goshen Township and, and all the reconstruction and lives have literally been turned upside down. If we can help, uh, we, we want to help. But for now, I think the biggest thing is to keep them lifted in prayer. So let's bow. Ask the Lord to meet with us this morning. <clears throat> Dear Lord, we come before you at a time uh, where everybody could be at a different spot today. Some could be battling an illness. Some could be um, uh, a trial or a hardship, and others may be, just be overwhelmed with your presence. But when we come together, we come together unified under the name of Jesus Christ. Thank you for your grace and your love that is bestowed upon us today. And we ask for your presence as we open your word. We sing as unto you that you would be uh, well honored as we lift up your name. Holy Spirit, we invite you into our hearts and this building as well. I lift this prayer in Jesus' name. Amen.
2: If Jesus Christ is the Lord of your life, if he's saved you, taking you from death to life, would you stand with us this morning? We want to take these next few minutes and offer him our praise. And the first song we'll sing this morning is Glorious Day. We get to sing about the joy that we have in him, and one day we will see him.
3: Cause living, he loved me, dying, he saved me, buried, he carried my sins far away, and rising, he justified freely forever. But one day, he's come. Peace. Peace. was yeah. upon him
2: We lift you up this morning. We thank you for the sacrifice of our Savior, Jesus Christ, who died in our place. And it is by his wounds that we are healed. Lord, it is by what you praise you this morning. We worship you this morning. Would you accept the praise of your people? Lord, may it be acceptable in your sights from pure hearts that now are longing to hear from you, our Father, from your word. Be with Pastor Scott as he opens your word this morning. Help us to be changed because of you. In Christ's name, amen. You may be seated.
1: I'm going to invite you to turn in your Bibles to uh, Colossians. We'll ultimately be in chapter 3. Well, we will be in chapter 3. But um, Colossians chapter 3. But as you're turning there, I would uh, let you know uh, we, we sometimes honor birthdays, and, and uh, we recognize people's birthdays, especially if it's on a Sunday. But today is actually a couple's anniversary. It's Betty and Roger's anniversary today. Forty years, is their it's a mile marker, 40-year wedding anniversary today. So that's a big deal. That's yeah, a big deal. I don't know who to congratulate or feel sorry for on that one. I don't know what to do with that one. <laughs> I was teasing them about, where are you going out to eat? And I heard one, I think Roger said, or somebody said yesterday, well, we have some leftover chicken from yesterday and some cold green beans, I think is their anniversary meal today. But uh, it is great to have longevity in marriage. It really is. It is, um, we see these things, and we need to be reminded that marriage is a picture of Christ to the church. And uh, that's a perfect marriage um, uh, as it relates to our, as we walk on this earth, we have that picture. But today I want us to turn in the Bibles to Colossians chapter 3. We want to um, uh, be thinking of those that aren't here with us today. Many are traveling. There's many people traveling. I know that uh, I've been watched on Facebook already. Um, several people, Joyce and, and Doug Roberts are saying good morning and uh, welcome. We welcome those watching Facebook this morning as well. Uh, I know that um, some are even on vacation, so and didn't take me, but we are grateful to meet here today now listen, yesterday was a uh, a day for me, and i today's the purpose of today is not a continuation of yesterday. What was yesterday? We honored a celebration of Charles Jones and his life on earth um, we We want to be focused today. But I have, the even yesterday, still in my mind for several reasons, the impact and the love of of watching God do a work. But there's still one little thing that happened yesterday that's still in my mind, and I want to get used to it because I love it, is I had a crowd whipped up to amen on command. Amen? Amen? I had them whipped up, and that fires me up when I hear those things. So when you hear the word when you hear something out of the Bible that needs to be affirmed, as in, I agree with that, that is true. You may not be doing it, but that is true. That's what I want to do. Amen it. Don't be slow to amen it. Feel free to amen it. Um, why? Because it'll, you'll be amazed at what it will do for your soul, but also what it will do for those listening. Is that true? Is that, is that a fact? Is that what the Bible teaches and says? So we're going to be in in, uh, Colossians chapter 3. You know, the final two chapters, 3 and 4 of Colossians, uh, Paul moves into my favorite uh, part of Bible is the practical application. It's what do we do with all this information? And, uh, you know, you've heard me say this before that I am, I I like application. And uh, one of my favorite Bible teachers says he doesn't worry about application as much because the implication of Scripture will automatically lead you to applying the Scripture, which I agreed with. I do agree with that. So we want, we want both this morning. But Paul moves into how do I put this into practice in verse chapters 3 and chapters 4. They profess to know God, but in works they deny Him, 1 Timothy 1.16. We want our actions, our lives to be lived out that would demonstrate that we not only do we profess to know God, but that we do. And guess what? We're doing it with a smile. Why are we doing that? Because he's just living out through us. Is that not what it means to be in Christ? So no matter what comes your way, he wants to live out through you. We saw that example also in yesterday in uh, 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 Galatians chapter 5 in the fruit of the Spirit. Paul is writing right here to a pagan society... That thought a per, what a person believed had no direct relationship with how they behaved now think about that for a moment they believed in a culture that, that what you believed it didn't determine how you behave can I tell you a secret the Bible te- teaches us the exact opposite what you believe will dictate how you behave. And we can see this in children when you're raising children or grandchildren and you look at them and you see a lot of times we want to shape their behavior. That's really not the goal. The goal isn't to have a well mannered child. It's nice. It's, it's nice, but it's to shape the heart. It's what the heart It Our behavior is an outflow of what's going on in our heart. <clears throat> Christian faith turns that thinking on its head of what Paul, who, who Paul was writing to. Being united with Christ, we share his life. We have his example to follow and the Holy Spirit to help us to live it out, live these things out. So chapter 3 of Colossians is where we are. Verses 1 through 4, he's uh, telling us to seek God. Get your mind fixed on him. Seek the heavenly is what he's telling us in verses one through four. Verses five through nine, he's telling us to slay the earthly, the earthly habits. In fact, we did a book several years ago called, um, it was a good book. It's a great title. I just can't remember it. But it had to do with putting to death the earthly, meaning who, who are we to fight? Our sin. Kill your sin. Is the title of the book, basically. That is what one of the things that he's referring to in verses five through nine to slay the earthly. It's not talking about fighting physically, it's talking about fighting. How many of you know that we do not battle flesh and bone? Where's our battle? Where's our primary battle? Ephesians tells us it's against principalities, it's against our own hearts in spiritual things. And he tells us in verses 10 through 11 strength the Christly, strength the believer, strengthen the each other. So I want us to pick up this morning in verse 12. Colossians chapter 3 verse 12, the character of the new man. This is um, Dovetails with Ephesians chapter 4. Paul's writing to those group there that group there as well. And it's a reiteration of, this, of those very same things. the grace of Jesus Christ the grace of Jesus Christ. Listen to verse 12. Therefore, as the elect of God, holy and beloved, put on tender mercies, kindness, humility, meekness, long-suffering, bearing with one another and forgiving one another, if anyone has a complaint against another, even as Christ forgave you, so you you also must do. That word grace has uh, been... uh, Defined, redefined, and uh, biblically defined, and what we do is we 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 have acronyms, we have all these terminologies, and that word can get used so loosely sometimes. But His grace cannot be overstated. It's better experienced than tried to articulate out. His grace, grace is God's favor to undeserving sinners. We ain't good enough, y'all. You ain't good enough. You can't work your way there. You can't you can't make yourself clean enough, or I can't. Maybe today if I could just sin, if I can make my good just a little bit outweigh my sin, I'll at least win that day. It ain't gonna happen. It can't happen. God's riches at Christ's expense is an acronym for the word grace, G R A C E. God's riches, riches at Christ's expense. But it's a good working definition. He has given us his riches, but it cost him his son. And we receive that message very humbly. If God saved a sinner on the basis of merits or works, then nobody would be in his presence. Nobody. How many have sinned, does the Bible say, in Romans 3, 23? How many have sinned? All. All. That means you, and that means me. There's nobody that can reach that level, Titus chapter 3, verse 5. But verse 12 says, therefore, you've learned a lot of theology, you've learned a lot of information prior, now let's put it to work, as the elect of God, holy and beloved. Listen to those terminologies, and we need to talk about a few of those words. There's a word there that a lot of churches don't, you know, either avoid it or they go embrace all in. And the word is elect. Verse 12, those in response to God's effectual, free, and sovereign grace. Those that respond to the Lord working in their heart. Listen, is God working in your life today and working in your heart today? I can't always know the answer to that. In fact, I don't know that I want to know the answer to that. I am, a, a pastor. sometimes they overstep their bounds. We're to shepherd and guide and lead and do our best to get people pointed to the right walk in Him. But is He working in your heart? You need to be ready, eagerly ready to respond when He is. Eagerly. Begging Him to do a work in your heart. And that word holy, the very next line there is the word holy. And that means to be set apart. Set apart from what? Set apart from sin. Set apart from the world. Be holy, 1 Peter 1.16 says. Why? For I am holy. Be like me. So, I got to teach a simple definition, a big long word, a simple definition at camp just a handful of weeks ago. And it's that word righteousness. We were singing that word on the screen. And as we were singing that word by his righteousness, and I was thinking about camp that brief moment, and I saw my definition reverberating out in chapel. Righteousness, that word means right living. Righteous is right Righteousness. You cannot live, I feel like I'm at chapel right now. You cannot live, you cannot live a right life apart from Christ, apart by yourself. You can't do it. His righteousness, now you have the ability to live right. See, see what just happened there? Again, you think, well, I know people that are, they seem to me like they're living right. They have all the right things. They say all the right things. They're very well-mannered and They look like they're they're living right. Don't look on the outward appearance. The inward is what God looks at. We live right from the inside out. Be holy, he says. The very next word says not only do we need to be holy, and he calls them beloved. Beloved. Love is the strongest motivating power in the world. Would you agree with that? Love motivates us to do things that we normally wouldn't do, perhaps for each other. As the believer grows in love with the Lord, the more they desire to obey and walk with Him in this new life. You may be thinking, but my new life isn't so new anymore. Guess what? The mercies of the Lord are fresh every day. If you will but walk and talk with Him, take the time If you are a believer today, I'm speaking to the Christian, and you've given your life to him, get to work on that relationship. He's given us this thing called the Bible. It works best if you open it. I've learned that's one thing. The first step is taking the time to actually open it and then reading it or listening to it. That's the very first step. And as you work on this, you you want to know him. He's primarily chosen to speak to us through his word. But he calls us beloved. We need to walk in this newness of life. Now, sometimes you've, like I've heard messages before, I've heard this newness of life, but we need to sometimes dust off back to when and remember the day prior to becoming a child of God. Remembering the chains, remembering the, the sins, remembering the weightiness, remember the hopelessness, remember the, 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 the future looks great. Remember not knowing your eternal destiny. Remember, remember that day, remember those days, and all of a sudden your newness of life, of when, I'm speaking to the believer, of when you came to him and how he starts to work in your life. We're a forgetful people. I'm just glad Pastor Roger didn't forget his 40th wedding anniversary. When an unbeliever sins, it is a creature breaking the law of the holy of a holy creator and judge. When a believer sins, they're a child of God breaking the heart of their loving father. That was a good one. We're breaking the heart of a loving father. Look at verse 13 and 14 with me. <clears throat> He's going to tell us what to do, what to put on, and what it looks like. Bearing with one another and forgiving one another. If anyone has a complaint against another, even as Christ forgave you, you also must do. Look at verse 14. But above all these things, put on love, which is the bond of perfection. So in verse 13 and 14, we see that when we're struggling to forgive, when we're struggling to uh, uh, not at least Take into consideration another person. Imagine Christ not taking into consideration you. You may think, well, Pastor, that's how I feel sometimes. You know he's never lost a one. You may feel that way, but he is not. He does not feel that way. Are you with me? Give me an amen. All right. Colossians chapter 2, verse 13. Look a page over in your Bible. 2.13 and you being dead in your trespasses you all were dead men and women walking at one point upon this earth if you're not in Christ you're still a dead man walking you may think that's hard to hear i didn't come here to hear be yelled at that's a truth of the bible being dead in your trespasses and the uncircumcision of your flesh he has made alive together with him having forgiven you all trespasses all means all and he's forgiven us our trespasses how much has Jesus forgiven the believer all of it all of it God for God's forgiveness is complete it's final and by the way it's for Christ's sake not yours what's that mean for Christ's sake Christ did the death the burial and the resurrection the perfect sacrifice you couldn't even pay for your own sin Think about that for a moment. You don't even have the ability to pay for your own sin. But Christ, forgiveness is complete. For his sake, we are just the beneficiaries. Because of these graces, the Christian has responsibility before God. Because of these things, now let's get to work. Yesterday, I mentioned in uh, Galatians, there are nine fruit of the Spirit. I went through all nine, and we were able to show in some way how God is working that, all these out in a believer's life. We were able to share yesterday. In Charles' life, you can see the fruit of the Spirit. How about you? How about you? Look at your life right now. And here, Paul only names eight. Let's look at those eight in verse 14 or 15 is where they pick up. <clears throat> above all of these things verse 14 put on love which is the perfect which is the bond of perfection and let the peace of God rule in your hearts which is to bring you were called into one body and be thankful and be thankful and <clears throat> He talks about in, uh, in Ephesians, he t- touches it in Philippians to put on tender mercies, tender mercies, tender feeling and compassion for another. You know, it was amazing to watch yesterday as well. There was a lot of people in this room that we had not met until yesterday. We didn't, we, you just don't know. And to watch, I, I, I was overwhelmed at the amount of family members that I had never met before, that I met at the, at the front door, and I would say, my name's Scott. I'm the pastor here at Cross Point Baptist Church. The fir- I, I can't count how many people said, Charles Jones loved this church. He, he would talk about this church. So- I couldn't tell you how many people told me that over and over and over. Why would he talk about this church so much? Because of tender mercies, tender feeling of compassion. He wanted them to know about this church, which we want to be synonymous with Jesus Christ. Compassionate, tender mercy. Ephesians chapter 4 talks about kindness, kindness toward one another, humility. Don't admire. Don't have the uh, pride. Jesus, others, yourself is how you, uh, is the sample of how we get to that joyous moment. When we think about Colossians and we think about what is Paul trying to get them to do, it's not what he's trying to get them to do, it's who he's trying to get them to be. Be who God wants you to be. He talks about being uh, long-suffering, forbearance, forgiveness, love, all these things that Christ lived exactly before us. And as you're living these life in this new creature this new creation, this new character. Let, verse 15, let the peace of God rule in your heart. You've heard us talk about this word, peace of God, peace with God. Let Him rule in your heart. Be the the Lord and Master of your heart. To which also you are called into one, one body and be Thankful and be grateful. Are you grateful for your salvation today? I think sometimes we're more grateful for the meal that we're about to eat than we are for our salvation. Why? Because, well, that's, I did that then and that's going to come to fruition later. The gospel is to be obeyed today and lived out today and experienced today as well. We live these things out and be grateful and thankful. Let's talk about the peace of knowing Jesus Christ. Verse 15, <clears throat> and let the peace of God rule your heart. How do we how does that get there? How can I know that I know that I know from character to conduct? To know if you're doing God's will, look for peace in your heart in the church when a believer loses inner peace an indicator that they have disobeyed somewhere down the line it's an it's an indicator listen to listen to this one body is the church beware of false peace remember the Jonah there was a false peace that happened there peace of heart alone is not always a peace of God though surrender to his will his word then the peace Jonah was at peace in his heart to do the opposite of what God wanted him to do in the Old Testament. He was at peace with that until God rerouted him in a different way. There is no peace apart from Christ. When there is a peace in the heart and the heart of the church, there is praise on their lips and be thankful I'm getting very excited about our praise team up here. You've heard me mention this, not only because they're it's the youth and, and they're younger and in, in, uh, watching uh, skills and talents being developed. There's another reason why I'm excited for that. It's learning, leading, but learning how to express ourselves as unto the Lord. We struggle with that. We know how to express ourselves. We just don't know how to channel that back to God. And that's what this gets excited as I think about the praise team. But look here. Listen, praise team, to verse 16. The word of Christ. The word of Christ is synonymous with the word of God. We get to sing the word of God, at least the principles of God as well. I don't know if you noticed what Andrew did there. He threw in a hymn. One of our praise songs, you see what he did on the last song there? He kind of blended the two. Everybody catch that? All right. I can tell what generation is singing by what how by the volume of the song. But listen to what verse 16 is telling us. The word of Christ. Synonymous with the word of God. God's word always magnifies Jesus Christ. False teachers belittle. The name of Jesus Christ. Even in a minute way, it's still evil. It wasn't. Well, let's look at verse 16. Let the word of Christ dwell in you. Say dwell. dwell. Live in you. When he when the word of Christ dwells in you, there's gonna be an outflow outflow right living that's going to come out let the word of christ dwell in you richly in all wisdom teaching and admonishing one another we like the teaching part we don't like the admonishing part we don't like to receive it and we don't always like to give it but we teaching and admonishing one another how in psalms in hymns and in spiritual songs singing with grace in your hearts to the lord there's the key line right there God's word, it magnifies the things of God. It wasn't the word of false teachers that brought Christ to this area. It wasn't the word uh, uh, of false teachers that brought the gospel message to to these Colossian people. But it was the word of the gospel. Go a page back. Go to Colossians 1.5. Go to 1.5 in your Bibles or scroll up or down or over, whatever you need to do. Colossians 1, 5, because of the hope which is laid up for you in heaven, of which you heard before the word of the truth of the gospel. All right? So, the gospel message is what came to them people, not by happenstance either. That's what we see going back to chapter 3. That's what we saw him in saying in, in verse 12. That's what he's saying. It's not by happenstance. It wasn't the false teachers that brought that message there. We want to be specific in teaching the Bible to anybody that will listen with a smile. We have National Night Out coming up. We're going to be able to share, even in part, even if it's only in handing them, we're going to give them all kinds of stuff. But one of those things is going to be about our church. One of those things is going to be a gospel tract. We want to be purposeful in sharing Jesus Christ. We have a day camp coming up. Two Wednesdays from right now. I we had a little brief meeting about that. Pastor Rick is on fire right now. He don't look it because he's got a bad knee and a bad ankle and a but he's on fire. He is on fire right now. This guy is focused in on the children's ministry and what he desires to do. Take this here gospel. And make it into a day camp. We've never done what we're about to do. We've never done this before. We've done camps where you're at a week long with the camp, uh, five days with with the uh, a splash camp. Our Bible Quest kids are with Pastor Rick and the leaders, and it's a it's a, uh, a time frame. We've done vacation Bible school where we turn this building inside out. People step out of their comfort zones, but we're we're teaching, we're snacking, we're doing all these things. Day camp. Is a combination of both in one day. In one day. I'm almost certain it starts at 10. Don't quote me on that. But we're having, it's a, it's a little bit of vacation Bible school and it's a little bit of camp. We have all kinds of stuff going on. Not for the sake of bribing children. It's, to, it's for them to come and to hear and to see that, guess what? God's not dead and God's not boring. Amen? Amen. You can be boring if you want, but He's not. We have got to stop being the chosen frozen and be afraid to have God is the you ever think that God might be bored with you? Some people come to church and go, church is so boring. It's so boring. Now if you know, if you know the living God, he's anything but boring. He will rock your world. I think I, I'm well I can't prove it, but I think he looks down at us and says, you, you are some boring people. I've got so much waiting for you. You get to experience me, and you're sitting here bemoaning your your, your time frame and are bemoaning what you could be doing and the other things that, that, that you don't like. God's going, I got a whole life waiting on you. I got your life. And you're stuck in your own world. Day camp. These kids are coming. We, we, we got to get this thing out there. It starts, I think, at 10. We're going to feed them lunch. We got inflatables coming. I can't tell you the top secret. I can't. There's too many kids in here. There's a secret coming. Uh, we have inflatables, but it, and then we're going to have, we're grilling out burgers when the parents come to pick up. We want to invite the whole church to come. We're going to have a cookout, grill out. Dan, you're going to own that, right? And then uh, he's probably already started on them. And, uh, and then we have a worship service. I think it's 6 to 7, and it's over at 7 o'clock. Why are we doing that? That just sounds like a lot of work. Why would Pastor Rick want to take a day and do that? He wants to share this Bible with boys and girls. He wants to meet them. And so many times we ask them to come into our world. Let's go into their world. Verse 16 tells us to share the word of Christ. There are some heavy topics of the Bible. Even right now, some of these things that I'm sharing, they're kind of heavier. They're, they're not exciting topics because we got to course correct our lives a lot, like a whole lot, like a whole bunch. We're constantly having to course correct our day because our mind and our hearts can get twisted up. But that gospel message is anything but boring. It's free. Take the chains off. He says in verse uh, 15, 16, I'm sorry, let the word of Christ dwell. That word dwell means to abide or to be at home. That's what the word dwell means, to be at home. Let his word take residence in your life, in your soul. Let scripture saturate your mind. How do you do that? You get it in there any way possible. And he says to teaching each other, coming alongside. Can I tell you another thing that has me really excited about our praise team up here? I'm watching, they're they're young, and I'm watching other musicians kind of take each other under the wing and show them how to do these things. I love that. That's not, you know, the whole give a man a fish, he eats for a day, teach him to fish, he eats for a lifetime. That's a good analogy, but it's something way beyond eating is going on up here on the stage. Somebody took Andrew writings aside and, and, and showed him years ago, years ago now, long time ago, Andrew, how to do these things for the Lord. You, these things don't always happen by themselves. We need a mentors. We need teaching people to passing along how to worship. He has it, and he's sharing it. He wants to share it. That's what's exciting to me, sharing these things, instructing, teaching each other. How to worship is a, is a funny one. It's, it's a hard one for me. How to worship and what it looks like. It's not limited to music. It's not. Admonishing one another, he says in verse <clears throat> 16 as well. Perhaps it's easily overlooked uh, We are to warn and instruct one another in certain areas, certain areas of danger. We had a very bad weather just this last week. In fact, when we saw and the winds picked up and tornadoes were starting to touch down, we didn't go, ha, it's no big deal. Don't worry about it. No, what'd you start doing? You start calling and contacting each other. Why? You were warning them that something bad was coming. We're warning each other. We're here today, and we need to do this even in each other's lives. If we see someone heading in a sinful direction, to have that conversation and say you're headed in a bad direction. Don't be haughty. You're not the judge, but help them. Help each other. Come alongside to admonish. It isn't isn't comfortable to do or to receive, really. Make sure you live out the Matthew 7 principle here, 1 through 5. There's a definite relationship between your knowledge of the Bible and our expression of worship in song. That's why the words that we sing, we want to make sure they are right and correct. There's some great uh, musicians that are in churches that have some bad theology. We don't want to sing bad theology, even if it sounds good and looks good. Can I tell you one thing about the hymns? The bulk of the hymns, the bulk of the hymns. Oh, they're so rich in theology. So rich and right. And you're, you're, you're singing Bible over and again a lot of times. Well, let's take this time and draw. What do we do? So we talked about a lot of areas here. You talked about music. Uh, Paul has talked about each other. In verse 13, he talked about forgiving and I don't know, or some things maybe in my life or people that I'm still hanging on to. Uh, how do I make all this happen? How do I take all that and, and make it applicable in my life? Verse 17. Look in verse 17. And whatever you do in word or deed. Oh, that word, whatever. It preaches easy. It's harder to live out. Whatever you do, think about that. Whatever includes everything that you're doing. Absolutely everything. Whatever you do in word or deed, do all in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through him. Act consistently with who he is and what he wants you got to make a concerted effort. You have to put him on the front of your mind. And by the way, enjoy the day. When you're walking with him, it doesn't matter what comes at that point. He's there. Act consistently with who he is and what he wants. That is a simple statement that I remind myself of constantly. Why? Because I have work to do. Christians bear the name of Christ. We were sharing this last Wednesday night. Um, The text is alluding me off the top of my head. We are ambassadors. We are representatives as a believer of Jesus Christ. We are his representatives wherever we go. Have you ever been told this? Uh, I've been told it a time or two, perhaps when I was younger, to remember who you are. Well, when you're a child, now listen, we're getting ready to go in here. I want you to remember who you are. Well, what was meant by that was remember that your name is a land and you're supposed to act accordingly. The rest of Forest Park saw so that as you're a land, don't act like the clampids. <laughs> live up to live up to something. Remember who you are works when you're trying to get your children to behave, but let me tell you where it doesn't work. When you really stop and think who you are without Christ, is that who you want to be? It's not. We bear the name of Christ. Let him live it out and remember it and live up to his name. Colossians 1.10. Go back a page again. In fact, I think we'll conclude here. <clears throat> one of my favorite verses. Colossians 1.10. I get to use one of my favorite lines right here. That you may walk worthy of the Lord. Say walk. That means daily live. That's all that means. It doesn't mean physically walk. It means daily live. That you daily live worthy of the Lord. Okay, so what's that look like? Fully pleasing Him. Not fully pleasing others, fully pleasing Him in conduct and in attitude, being fruitful in every good work and increasing in the knowledge of God. In other words, live up to the gospel, don't bring it down. There's the line. Live up to the gospel, don't bring it down. To summarize, we want to, most of all, memorialize the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. First and foremost, he's our, our banner. And I want to mention this name one more time, of Charles Jones. He would use this line with me all the time. We would use it back and forth of walking and talking walking and talking in a spiritual sense. That is what we need to be doing. Walking with Him and talking to Him. People have asked me after Charles passed away a couple weeks ago, oh, who's going to amen? Oh, who's going to be the encourager? Who's going to? And I kept hearing this who's going to, who's going to? You're going to. You're going to. You're going to do these things. Why are we relying on somebody else to do what God wants to do through us? I'm not saying artificial amens. That's not what I'm referring to. If he's done done a work in your life, then let him do the work in your life. Be who he wants you to be. Do what he wants you to do. Now, this message was primarily to the believer, to the person who's already there, already walking. You just needed to shape it up. Clean it up. Let's get back on track. But it also today would share as a reminder to those that do not, you're not walking with him and you never have. Or maybe you think you are and you went to a church, but you, you really haven't really committed your life. Do you know he wants your life more than your attendance? Did you know that? Right. He, he wants you. Who else wants you? He wants you. So we're going to have a time uh, Andrew and I have talked about having an invitation this morning, a time to come and pray, time for you to come and say, you know, I, there's some areas of my life, Lord, I want to give over to you and you you do what you do. Holy Spirit, you do what you do. But we also want to make that time to put out that call to anyone and everyone, even on Facebook. That you're like, you know, I've done the church thing or I'm, I'm, I've never even been in this place. Who are these crazy people? You're here because you're hurting. You're here because you're confused. You're here because you're wandering spiritually and in your heart. We would encourage you. We have an altar here. We're going to play a song. We encourage you to come and pray privately. I'll be standing there. If you want me to pray with you, tap me on the shoulder. I'll be glad to pray with you. But we want to open this up as a time of application as Colossians 3, 3 and 4 prove themselves to be. Let's bow for prayer. Again, as we take this time, we want to be um, not manipulative. We want you to come. uh, We're a genuine church. We want you to come in and of yourself, of your own doing. You would like to come and pray and just a little apprehensive. Maybe you brought somebody with you, maybe a friend's with you, or a church member right next to you. They'll, They'll come with you. Just tap them on the shoulder. They'll come with you. But it's time for us to get things aligned with the Word of God, aligned with the Spirit of God, and aligned with His love. Dear Lord, take this time and make it your own. Do a work that only you can do, we can't do by ourselves. As we sing this song, may you be well pleased, I pray in Christ's name. Amen. Would you stand with us as Andrew leads us in his song. You're invited to come and pray or do any business with God that you may have. Andrew?
3: This is what I...
4: We say this often, just because the music has ended doesn't mean that the invitation has ended. If You need to make a decision for Christ to follow Him, to obey Him, to glorify Him. Make that decision. Um, and, and be sure to, to talk to somebody. Talk to one of the pastors, myself, uh, one of the members here at our church. We want to help you uh, glorify the Lord in any way that we can. So a couple of announcements to, to make as we're uh, dismissed today. Don't forget about Facebook Live. We'll have that, that service online tonight at 7 o'clock. Tuesday, uh, the Joyful Group will be going to Cracker Barrel at 4 o'clock. If you have questions about that, you can see Barb Tharp or one of the pastors. And then the last announcement has already been mentioned a few times, uh, but we'll make it again. We have our Bible Quest Day Camp coming up on Wednesday, July the 20th, so a week from this Wednesday. Uh, it'll be at 10 a.m., we begin at 10 a.m. and go till 7 p.m. Uh, it's for three year olds up through sixth grade. Um, our Theme for the day is going to be Jesus, Hero for Heroes. That was a VBS uh, many years ago, but uh, we're going to be celebrating who Jesus is and what he's done and teaching the boys and girls about that. If you are able to help with any part of the day, 10 a.m. to 7 p.m., maybe you can't work the whole day, but you can come for a portion of that day, maybe even at the end to help with the meal and things like that with the service. Uh, Be sure to let Pastor Rick or Pastor Scott know, uh, but that day will be coming up very quickly, so. We're looking forward to celebrating with the kids who Jesus is. With that, you're dismissed.